0: all righty hello again, everyone welcome to it it is the Derek hunter podcast for the last day of february 2022 happy 28th of february it's not a leap year so that's all you need to know this is this is but i when i well, all my bills. I feel ripped off paying February. Somebody should take a couple of days from other months and throw them into February. Let's be honest. Anyway, action pack program for you. First, check out patreon.com slash derrickhunterpodcast or Hunter.locals.com. Get all your uh, cool stuff and cool kids stuff there. Enter to win contests, et cetera, et cetera. I want to get this started. Let's do it. There's a lot going on. There's a bunch of things to talk about Today. We've got some amazing audio montage. Woody Harrelson has upset the left because why? Because reasons. My God, these people get so upset about every single thing. Oh, I don't particularly think that we could uh, have these things. Uh, maybe the shot isn't as, as uh, good as it ch- What? How dare you say that? They're getting mad. The left is now so ready to be angry that they are actively getting mad at Saturday Night Live monologues. Saturday. And what's really pathetic and sad is like Rolling Stone. Rolling Stone is going after Woody Harrelson for it. Like Rolling Stone. Oh, he's, he's attacking corporate America. Yeah, you're super anti-establishment there, Rolling Stone, aren't you? <laughs> oh, You can't make this stuff up. Well, you could, but nobody would believe you. Anyway, the uh, Wall Street Journal is now breaking some news that has the left upset as well. They're very, it's disturbing and sad, not surprising, the way that leftists in this country are so ready, willing, and eager and really desperate to take the side of any entity against the United States of America. And you watch them, they're snapping to attention to try and defend China. Honest to God, it's, we have many examples of them snapping to attention to try to defend various institutions of leftism, but China happens to be the first one. Wall Street Journal today, headline, lab Lake most likely origin of COVID-19 pandemic energy department now says... The subheadline US Agency's revised assessment is based on new intelligence. So you sit there and you go, Well, this is good. If you want to know how to prevent something from happening again in the future, the best way, the most effective way to do that, is to know how in the hell it happened in the first place. Right? Am I right? Of course I'm right. how how did we get here? I don't know. I can't figure it out. Well, maybe we should figure out how we got here so that we don't get here again, right? No not in the minds of leftists. The story, U.S. Energy Department has concluded that the COVID pandemic most likely arose from a laboratory leak, according to a classified intelligence report recently provided to the White House and key members of Congress. The shift by the Energy Department, which previously was undecided on how the virus emerged, is noted in an update to a 2021 document by Director of National Intelligence Avril Haines's office. The new report highlights how different parts of the intelligence community have arrived at a disparate at disparate judgments about the pandemic's origins. The Energy Department now joins the Federal Bureau of Investigation in saying the virus likely spread via a mishap at a chinese laboratory four other agencies along with the national intelligence panel still judge that it was likely the result of a natural transmissions and two are undecided so you've got this story this is a change this is a change now they say that they have made this judgment with low quote low confidence low confidence well we're dealing with The intelligence community, we're dealing with the United States government and we're dealing with the Biden administration. Low confidence is about as good as you're going to (laughs) get with these people, especially in the eyes of uh, most of the American public. So low confidence is better than nothing. And they used to say, we don't know. Now they've gotten new information. Does that mean that it is the final say? No, they're going to continue to look into it. But it's important to note that China is not at all cooperating with any of the investigations into the origins of COVID. Why? Because they don't want to be on the hook for any of it. If it was a lab leak, which it it definitely was a lab leak, the real question is, was it intentional? Was the, not was the lab leak intentional? The word leak means accident, implies accident. But the real question is, was the development of the virus for research purposes or nefarious purposes, less than honorable purposes? That's the real question. And China doesn't want to go down that road. Once you open the books, it's hard to keep certain chapters, certain paragraphs out of the hands and the eyes of the people doing the investigation. So they won't cooperate, which, you know, because China... And you sit there and you say, well, doesn't that mean, Derek, shouldn't that imply, shouldn't we take from that that maybe... China is trying to hide it because they were developing it for a weapon? Possibly. But you have to understand the culture in Asia. And I know, I'm Mr. Culturally Sensitive. It's what I'm known for, really. (laughs) Uh, The culture in Asia is about saving face saving face. It's put a bright smile on it publicly, but behind the scenes, keep it secret. It is the duck philosophy. The duck above the water looks absolutely positively calm and calming and serene. But under the water, when he's swimming, it's going a thousand miles an hour. There's a chaos below the water. It's about appearances. So China would act the same way most likely if you understand the culture over there whether they did it on purpose or it was by accident as long as we know where it comes from we can act more appropriately also if we know that it came from a lab leak and it was then it wasn't a virus that naturally developed it was probably and likely the result of a gain of function Research that Fauci, President Fauci, and others in our government, at least in part, funded. All of this is wildly important. Now, to know this, like I say, keep in mind, it's with low confidence. That's a little bit buried. It's one, two, three, four. It's the fifth paragraph in the Wall Street Journal story. It reads, it's one sentence paragraph, quote, the Energy Department made its judgment with, quote, low confidence, and quote, according to people who have read the classified report. Okay, just keep that in mind. Our government has to work this way. This is how government does work in this country. But reality, common sense, they all imply other things. Do they not? Yes, they do. That being said, the left is snapping to attention. They are desperate to try to distract from this. They're highlighting the low confidence, Low, it's low. It's with low con. Don't don't believe this. It's low confidence. The old Obama team, which is now just you know, they're not government contractors. They're government tools. Their business model in the private sector is based on sucking up to the Biden administration. People like uh, what what are they called? The um, crooked media people. The guy, all the Obama bros who went on to start podcasts. Tommy Vitor. Remember, Tommy Vitor asked about the lies regarding Benghazi and he was just blowing it off and not interested. And, and uh, Brett Baer pointed out to him, hey, man, people died over this. And he said, dude, that was like two years ago. on, oh, man, get over it, man. Dude, that was like two years ago. <laughs> that guy, he's out tweeting this morning to his uh, 585,000 followers. But four intelligence agencies think covid spread naturally the department of energy thinks lab leak with low confidence fbi thinks lab leak with moderate confidence none of it was part of the chinese bioweapons program hope the director of national intelligence will release that info uh, what info it can soon he's very concerned that people would think ill of china as china gears up to invade taiwan and essentially declare a proxy war with the united states of america You can see their priorities on the left are to protect their masters, whatever it is, whatever that reason. We don't know the reason for them being masters, but it seems pretty clear that they are, in fact, their masters. Why else would they care so deeply? I know they couch it as we need what about, we must protect from, oh no, pearls clutched, hate crimes against Asians. It could be hate crimes against Asians. Well, they're being committed by your team. Maybe, maybe focus a little bit on that. It's not because somebody said, hey, Wuhan lab leaked the uh, COVID virus and that caused the worldwide pandemic, therefore I must go beat up Asians. No, it's because you Democrats tell people you're part of a tribe. And your membership in that tribe is all that matters more than anything else. Nothing will matter ever again as much as your membership in a tribe. Identify with people who look like you and only people who look like you. Maybe that's why people are going around beating the hell out of little Asian women on the streets of New York and San Francisco. Why? Well, because little Asian women are a hell of a lot easier to beat the hell out of than big anything else. Right. Just say it. Maybe you guys should find reflective surfaces. and I don't know. Discover your humanity. Is it is there any left? There's probably not any left. So as you hear all this news about the the Wall Street Journal story, keep in mind that it's actually much, much worse. Then they let on because the leftist media will be downplaying it because the orders from this White House are that you you cannot do that. We're trying to make nice with China. I don't understand. Look, I don't want to make war with China, but trying to make nice with China never made any sense to me. They are saber rattling. They do not like us. They are our vehement opponent at a minimum, at a minimum. They are our opposition. They are our enemy. But when you have a president of the United States who speaks more harshly against his domestic political enemies rather than a world superpower that is working with or at least may well soon be working with another former superpower that's still pretty strong in order to divide our military and advance their Political desires uh, simultaneously in conjunction with one another. That should be more important than those damn MAGA Republicans. Mr. I'm president for all Americans. uh, He's not going to go and check out uh, East Palestine, by the way. He's decided that they're not going to go. Not interested in that. Screw screw the Americans who live. Mr. President, I'm president of all Americans, is not going to go see there. Just like Barack Obama, there was a flood in, uh, I think it was Missouri, It was massive, massive flood during the Obama presidency. And, and the Obama administration didn't even acknowledge it because those people voted wrong. Those people voted wrong. Uh, actually, NBC News has this story. Biden says, here's the headline, Biden says he doesn't have plans to visit train derailment site in Ohio. Screw him. President Joe Biden said Friday he doesn't have plans to visit East Palestine, Ohio, where a train derailment 3 weeks ago led to a toxic chemical spill that endangered residents and wildlife for miles. It's amazing. 3 weeks ago. Finally the president weighs in on it. Quote, at this moment I'm not. Biden told reporters when asked whether he had planned to visit the town near the border of Pennsylvania The answer is that I had a long meeting with my team and what they're doing. You know, we were there within two hours and that when that train went down. Oh, that's all right. Nobody expects you to put on a hazmat suit and go out and sift the crap that uh, seeped into the groundwater. It's there to meet with you're there to meet with the citizens of the town to let them know that their government is listening and their government will not abandon them. But, uh, I mean, I guess you're not lying to them. You'd show up and you said, we're not going to abandon you. And you abandon them. You would definitely be lying to them. So, I suppose callous indifference to the plight of people who voted differently than you would have liked is better than blatant lying to their faces. Not by much, but I suppose it's, it's better, right? I mean, it's got to be a little bit better, isn't it? I, I keep seeing this poll. And you know, I know there's a lot of fans of various people who are running for president or thinking of running for president. I just want to remind you, because people are having fights that they don't need to have right now, fights that don't make any sense right now, fights that are stu- nobody's nobody's going to vote who hasn't already made up their mind and is ride or die with anybody in politics has made up their mind about who or what they're going to vote for in 2024, even in the primaries. And even if you favor one candidate, you might change your mind and favor another candidate. It's that simple. You've got a long time before anybody votes. So it's irrelevant. They're polling information. Plus, I I don't trust the polling information to begin with. Fox News has a new poll out. They're hyping. Got Donald Trump winning. They're leading amongst Republicans by 15 percent or whatever it is. And I'm like, okay, who cares? Who cares? It's a year before anybody votes in the primary. Doesn't matter what happens. Donald Trump is beating a guy who hasn't announced yet. Okay, who cares? If you're a DeSantis fan, you just say, well, he hasn't announced yet. Or a, a Trump fan, you say, there's no point in him announcing because he's already, uh, already lost. It doesn't matter. They're going to do what they're going to do. Period. End of story. That's just how it works. So all the polling data for that is irrelevant. Just like this. Which political party do you think would do a better job on the federal budget deficit? Republicans are up by 12 points, 53 to 41 percent over Democrats. And you think, well, all right, good. Except you have to realize, what are there, 12 people, 12 economists in the whole country who go, I base my vote on the federal budget deficit. Nobody gives a damn about the federal budget. They all sit there and they'll pay lip service to it. But nobody is going, I am not going to vote for anybody who isn't seriously addressing the federal budget deficit, especially not 53 percent of the population. You maybe get a rounding error of 2 percent. But what also makes me think that this is BS is which party do you think would do a better job on taxes? Democrats by 8 percent. I don't know what planet these people live on, but 52% of people responding to this poll say Democrats would do a better job on taxes, and Republicans only 44%. What planet Earth is that from? It's stupid. And then you look at the other numbers, and this is is Fox throwing red meat. Never going to get on Fox again for the rest of my life, but you know what? If they stop sucking, I'll stop pointing out how they suck. That'll be a fair trade, right? Issues GOP handle better than Democrats. Border security, 24 points. Okay, great. National security up by 16 points. Great. The economy up by 15 points. Yes. Federal budget deficit, 12. Immigration, 10. Which, I mean, how's that different from border security? I don't know. But this is all irrelevant. And I mean that in the nicest possible way. It doesn't matter. If it's not the issue that moves somebody's vote, who cares? I could care really passionately about, I don't know, we'll look at it, guns, one way or the other. But if I'm voting on the economy, what I think on gun, I could be, I'm very pro-gun control. But if I'm unemployed, I can't feed my family, I'm voting on the economy. Oh, I care. I care. Don't You're not going to take my gun away, blah, 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 blah. Or nobody should have a gun, whatever it is. But if you can't take care of your basics, it's the economy. You could be exceedingly pro-life. You know, I think abortion is wrong in all cases, no matter what. Or you're pro-choice. I want abortion mandated for everybody. You know, In order to vote, you have to have had at least one abortion. If you can't pay your bills... It doesn't matter. Now, there are some people who just go, I don't give a damn. I'm voting for this issue. And that's fine. There's Social Security. Republicans beat uh, or Democrats are um, trusted more thought of as being able to handle better Social Security by 16 percentage points. 16 percent. Now, they're driving Social Security over the uh, Niagara Falls. They're just killing it, not even putting it in a barrel. They're just throwing it in the water. It's a disgrace what they're doing. They're ignoring the very serious problems, and it's going to, that and Medicare, where they have a 23-point advantage, are uh, going to seriously do significant damage to this country and to everybody in it, by the way, economically. But who's voting on Social Security? Show me somebody in their 30s who, with rare exception, you know, maybe they have parents who are completely dependent on Social Security, and then maybe their vote is based on Social Security. Show me where Social Security moves the needle. It doesn't. Now, Social Security, Medicare, everything might be straws that go on the camel's back, and eventually one more straw will break it. What that last straw is doesn't matter. It's the culmination of all the straws, the whole bale of straws. But if it isn't an issue that moves your vote, it doesn't matter. Border security, wildly, wildly, wildly important. But if you live in Baltimore, St. Louis, Philadelphia, Detroit, Chicago, and crime is happening, you're afraid to leave your house, as much as you think we need to have a secure border, you are more concerned with the immediate than the abstract. So polling at this point is absolutely 100% irrelevant. People need to start recognizing that and then act accordingly. sadly, there are so many damn people. I saw this this morning from Mike Lee, USA Facts. Everyone has opinions, guard your facts, blah, 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 blah. Mike Lee responds. Less than four years ago, the US government was spending at a rate of $4.447 trillion per year. Last year, it collected $5 trillion in taxes and other revenue. If we returned to those levels of spending today, today uh, to, with today's revenue, we'd have a balanced budget and be paying down the debt. Most Americans could live on roughly what they earned less than four years ago, especially if those earnings were adjusted for inflation. In fact, most do. Why can't the federal government? Absolutely 100% true. Who's going to vote for it? No one. Everybody cares about federal spending. The government spending is out of control. Eventually, they're going to start printing more money. It's going to cause more inflation. They're going to tax salary. out. It's going to impact everybody. But right now, they want the chocolate bar. They want the distraction. They want the this. They want the that. They want the other thing. It's that NIMBY attitude this is why our government is going to hell in a handbasket our country is ultimately going to hell in a handbasket we need to cut down the size of government not my pet project not something i care about okay now if we remove that what about that no 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 then it becomes not in their backyard not can't cut something because what happens They say we spend a hundred billion dollars a year on program x and program x benefits only a 1,000 people a year. Maybe we could just cut everybody a check, call it a day, whatever it is. People will look at that and just the raw numbers and go, well, that's ridiculous. You're spending a ton of money on this. We need to cut that. We need to kill that program. That program should not exist. That program was instituted back in the 1920s, and now that whatever the problem it was to address is long since gone. Why are we still spending money on this? And everybody goes, yeah, it's stupid. It's ridiculous. And then somebody usually in the media, meaning a Democrat, will come in and say, what? They're talking about eliminating Program X. Program X benefits people who blah, blah, blah. They don't tell you that it benefits very few people. They won't tell you that there are 15 other government programs that do the same damn thing, that those people are so caught up in the social safety net that they're like a bumblebee in a spider web they're taken care of. And they'll say, if you cut... Republicans want to cut this program... This will, and then they drag out grandma in a wheelchair and say, well, it will hurt grandma in this this grandma in this wheelchair." Why do you want to hurt grandma in this wheelchair? Now, do the Democrats who are dragging out grandma in a wheelchair really care about grandma in that wheelchair? No, they could. I don't know, make her sandwich. They could take care of grandma in a wheelchair. They could. But they care about grandma in a wheelchair only to the extent that grandma in a wheelchair can be weaponized against Republicans. And so you get this sad face of a woman. She's going to have to eat cat food. She's going to have to do this, that and the other thing. And the program then continues. Republicans go, oh, man, I can, well, I'm not going to make that grandma in a wheelchair eat cat food. I'm going to back away from that and the program wins. Democrats think they have a victory. Now, there are certain other things, particularly in the Pentagon, where Republicans are the same thing. They're not wheeling out defense contractors in wheelchairs, but it's the same concept. You're going to eliminate jobs in this small town. Well, I'm sorry to that small town. If we don't need those jobs, we do not keep jobs going. They are not, you know, what do you call them, blacksmiths all over the, we stopped needing blacksmiths. We stopped needing as many shoe horses, uh, uh, horseshoes as, as before. We stopped needing as many wagon wheels as we did before. They've gone from a necessity to a novelty. So most of the people who made them went the way of the dodo in their business. They went and did something else. I'm not going to keep a small town in business and people employed simply because it would be mean to make them unemployed. If you want, Jeff Bezos, I saw this morning, Jeff Bezos returns to Miami in his private jet with his unattractive girlfriend. Come on, dude, you got like $100 billion. You can Whatever. But after a Caribbean vacation, what the hell does Jeff Bezos, he's returning from, his whole life is a vacation. The guy's retired. He does nothing. He's bought the Washington Post on a lark. He's thinking about buying various sports teams because he's finding ways to fill his time. Get him to come in and say, all right, the federal government is closing down this factory that's going to close down, that's going to hurt this small town. I'll just keep paying everybody the same. Go ahead. See, He won't do that because he's not stupid. Only our government is so stupid to keep going. We'll keep throwing money at it and money at it and money at it. And they promise you. But don't worry. Once people uh, retire, we won't replace them, except they never get around to that. And then you end up with government programs that are 100 years old that were supposed to be temporary, and the problems they were created to address are long since gone, or we've got the military buying equipment they don't need because some powerful politician was upset that they might close down a factory. At some point, somebody's got to be the damn adult in the room. Mike Lee is absolutely right. We could easily get by on $4.447 trillion a year, especially since... Uh, this is going into the weeds, and this will show your budget. If you get, you're going to get your budgetary nerd on, ladies and gentlemen. Back when Barack Obama came into office in 2009, he did what? His first thing was a $900 billion, really a trillion dollar stimulus. Remember that? Oh, it's stimulus. Shovel-ready jobs. And then he joked later, I <laughs> guess shovel-ready weren't shovel-ready as I thought. But. What they did with that when they spent that trillion dollars, it wasn't a one-time expenditure. There wasn't a giant $1 trillion blip in the federal budget. They rolled it into the annual spending. They made it a permanent part of the annual spending. So what they did was they increased federal spending by a trillion dollars, essentially. Now, they also did it in fiscal year 2008, which put it on the clock of George W. Bush so that Barack Obama could say, I came in and there was a massive trillion-dollar deficit, even though there was a trillion-dollar deficit because he just dropped a trillion dollars. And from there, I've lowered it down because, yes, it was a trillion-dollar deficit and then it went down to like half a trillion dollars, but it would have not existed had you not existed barry it's all a whole bunch of scams it's a whole bunch of shell games it is a total and complete fraud and lie most of what our government and people in power do is that's why our founding fathers wanted a very very limited government that if you read the constitution then you look at what the federal government is doing now you go where the hell are they doing where's this come from just to point it out, one other example: there is a uh, one of the whistleblowers for Project Veritas, Zach Voorhees. He brought he blew the whistle against Google, and how they were bastardizing search results. He found a very interesting factoid today, ladies and gentlemen. And the factoid that uh, Zach Voorhees discovered in regards to uh, climate change. Is that the vast majority? In the way he puts it, is quote: "I've discovered that nearly every single temperature sensor used for climate data is located on an airport. They're including uh, there, they are including asphalt and jet exhaust temperatures in the climate warming warning data." And he's got a nice little fifty-six second video there where you can, and then there's a link where you can go and check out every single one of them. Now it makes sense in a way to have these things at airports. Government controls the airports, very regulated. But the problem is he went into Google Earth and started checking these locations. You zoom in, you zoom in, you zoom in, and you get Google Earth, which is satellite imagery. There's uh, Google Street View, which is street views if you want to see if you were caught taking out your trash. But if uh, Google Earth, the uh, satellite imagery... Shows just how close these things are, in fact, to the rear ends of moving jet planes. <laughs> and it's maybe 40 feet, maybe 40 feet. He zooms right in there. You can find the exact location, the federal government puts the exact geo tracker location on these things. And then you go and you juxtapose that with the uh, real time images of the things. And you will find that you have basically jets passing gas if you will against these sensors and guess what you find you find that it's a little bit warmer there at the airport <laughs> and every time anytime you hear a weather report it's sighting the airport they always say oh, that PWI at DCA check that the thermometer outside your window and you will find that it is consistently 2 to 3 degrees warmer at the airport. Why? Because it's a lot of concrete and asphalt reflecting up heat and exhaust creating higher temperatures. The government lies to you. Our government is incompetent. Our government is spending us into oblivion. The government completely is terrible. Keep that in mind. Forget polling data. Keep the facts in mind. By the way, uh, since we did talk about the lab leak theory, I forgot I had this montage from Grabian Media. They they comb through all this stuff just to show you because, like I say, there's going to be a lot of attempts to bury the lead and twist the story if they even bother reporting on the Department of Energy's assessment. I mean, after all, it is the Department of Energy. but And that will be another attitude. Well, it's the Department of Energy. What do they know? Well, it's weird how they're an authority when they're helpful and they're a nuisance when they're not. But that's beside the point. In this montage, you're going to hear a whole bunch of uh, <clears throat> journalists talking about, well, the reason they didn't really take the lab leak, they didn't really investigate the lab leak theory is because of the Trump administration, Donald Trump. Because he, why? And you sit there and you go, what the hell does that have to do with anything? Well, see, Donald Trump said it. Donald Trump said it. And if Donald Trump said it, it became toxic. Now, it's weird because the very same people who declared it to be uh, political are decrying that Donald Trump made it political. Rather than, look, they could have easily, if it were true or if it were false and if they really wanted. And this is the truth for everything about the Trump administration. And if all these claims that the Trump administration, everything the Trump administration was doing was was B.S., a little bit of journalism would have turned up proof that it was BS. And then they would have been able to humiliate Trump as spreading BS, right? And say, ah, you're screwed. Look at it. You're spreading BS. You're terrible. You're awful. They didn't. They simply declared it to be BS. They never proved it, which is why their credibility is just about uh, lower than the person playing three-card Monty, running three-card Monty game in Times Square, at 3 o'clock in the morning. So listen to these people declare that it's Trump's fault, that they didn't do their jobs
1: it's important to remember that part of the issue when this was first being reported on and discussed back a few months after the pandemic had begun was that then-president trump and mike pompeo uh, the uh, secretary of state both suggested they had seen evidence that this was formed in a lab and they also suggested it was not released on purpose but they refused to release the evidence showing what it was and so because of that that made this instantly political the problem of the of the trump of, of president trump uh, throughout the pandemic was because everything was so politicized you couldn't possibly even raise this this idea without becoming some kind of a crazy wacky trumper who has you know spreading fake news only when trump's pandemic
0: hoax just a bad flu too much testing is the problem bs failed and we were way behind on the fight against a deadly pandemic they needed to distract china a convenient target
1: donald trump had people talking about Donald Trump, including us, 24 hours a day. Under the Trump administration, every single day, as
0: you rightly described, uh, we were dealing with the circus and P.T. Barnum. In the scientific community, there was almost a kind of allergic reaction to the suggestion of a lab leak because it sounded more like something that donald trump was trying to deploy as a political deflection to
1: take attention off his own administration and the problem for president trump is that he's running for re-election, is looking for ways to deflect blame for uh, the performance of the administration if the chief and loudest advocate for something is a race-baiting liar who lies all the time and has done things to contribute to for example the rise in hate crimes you can understand why people don't want to get near that trumpers who were complicit in playing down the pandemic
0: reality in America, are now seeing more interest in the China lab theory as some kind of vindication. (laughs) It's Donald Trump's fault that we suck at our jobs. It's Donald Trump's fault that we did not do anything. It's Donald Trump's fault that we No, It's weird. It's very weird. These are adults prostituting themselves. Prostitute, there's no other word. For, well, there are other words for it, but not that can be conveyed in a family-friendly environment. Just can't be. Shifting in other news to... By tomorrow, we'll have a... Tonight is, uh, I think, I imagine it would be a, a couple of days, if not a week long... Thing. Tucker Carlson will be reporting on the 44,000 hours of surveillance footage that the uh, Speaker of the House gave to him to disseminate. And it's really kind of funny. What will be seen in there, we don't know. We'll talk if there's anything worth talking about. It's really kind of weird because it's surveillance footage. So this is a in audio medium, it'll be difficult. you see the guy running down the hall. It'll be like narrating something. But we will glean a lot of information from there because there are, um, I believe, some a- identifiable uh, undercover officers and various law enforcement agencies from the District of Columbia to the Federal Bureau of Investigation, whatever the case may be, they exist. And they will have been identified, and we will see if they do anything like direct people, encourage people. Some of the surveillance footage outside may have audio with it. You never know. But it'll be curious. It will answer some questions. And most importantly, and this is telling, this is information that the liberal media didn't want you to have, which is a bizarre position for people whose job it is to gather and disseminate information. Like, hey, we have, it's my job. I'm a truth teller. I gather and disseminate information. All right. Well, uh here's some information that's being that's been gathered and it's going to be disseminated. No, 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 no. Tisk, tisk, tisk. We do not want that information gathered or disseminated. You sit there and you go, Wait a second, what does that even mean? Why would you not want that Well, we might find out. There's a narrative, there's a story, there's a uh A fantasy, if you will. There is whatever it is. We're told to believe this, that, and the Worst day in American history. Darkest day in democracy, etc., etc. Well, we'll see. Certainly wasn't a good day. I'm not saying it was a good day. But was it the worst day ever? Was there something else afoot? Are there other angles of the killing of Ashley Babbitt, for example? We shall find out. The mere prospect of what I just said. We shall find out. Has the Democrats in a panic? Has Democrats worried? They are actively trying to pre-spin whatever comes out with Tucker. It's kind of funny. After two years of passionate indifference, and I don't even know if passionate indifference is they were against. They were vehemently opposed. They had no no desire whatsoever they had nothing they, they were not trying to get their hands on this surveillance footage they didn't want to know about it they didn't even really talk about it now that tucker's got it and he's about to start reporting on it what do you got you've got the other news outlets the left-wing outlets say we we want this information too we want it. We demand. They're filing lawsuits. They're making demands of this. We demand access to all 44,000 hours, too. Well, after two years of not wanting it, of th- thinking that, oh my God, what kind of a monster would even entertain the idea of having these sorts of things. Now you want this information? Why would they want this information? It's pretty simple. They want to reconstruct a counter-narrative. They want to look. Tucker is going to find their forty four thousand hours of footage. Tucker is going to find things that look terrible, that are terrible, that our government doesn't want us to know. And so what would be the counter to that? You can't deny it exists. Once it's out there, it exists. You either have to look your audience straight in the face and say, it doesn't matter. Here's a grandma minding her own business, trying to take a picture in front of a statue of former Senator so-and-so, and and here comes a Capitol police officer who punches her right in the head or whatever. Or this this woman, here's her entire journey through the Capitol building, and now she's facing 40 years in prison, and she's been in solitary confinement for two years in Washington, D.C. Whatever it is, got to counter that. That's what they want to do. There's no real way to counter that. So what they do is they'll show something that is bad. There will undoubtedly be something that is bad. Lots of somethings that are bad. I'd be curious to see. And I suspect that Tucker will be showing the things that are bad too. Why? Because if it's smart to put the bad stuff out too, if you're not a hack, if you want to be taken seriously and you really, and Tucker knows that he's going to be attacked otherwise, you put the bad stuff out too. Here's a bunch of people attacking police officers, pummeling police officers. It's horrible. It's wrong. There you go. But there's also this one. Say, to this point, all we've gotten is here's people pol- attacking police officers. They're terrible. They're terrible people. They voted wrong and they're monsters. You go, okay, well. What about the rest of the... No, don't even worry about the rest of the, If you were there, if your cell phone pinged off a tower anywhere near the Capitol building that day, you might as well just change your name to Hitler. Well... That's not how the world works, because we do have footage that they couldn't, they didn't suppress at the beginning of on the Senate side, officers opening the doors, holding the doors, telling people where to go, people walking through the rotunda, minding the velvet ropes, obeying the signs and things like that. Both stories can be true simultaneously because, well, both stories are true simultaneously the media doesn't want you to be aware of one of those stories and we're about to get an education on the other story we're about to get an education i suspect on the actions of law enforcement that day be they in uniform be they undercover it'll be curious nothing justifies attacking a cop I don't care. Well, somebody told me to go and beat that cop up. All right. I don't. Okay, that person is bad. You still beat the cop up. Okay, FBI agent riled people up and caused them to storm the Capitol. Maybe. Maybe if we see that they should absolutely be condemned. But the people who went and attacked the cop because somebody told them to, I don't care if you're in a mob or not. (laughs) You're stupid. You committed a crime. I don't care what your motivation was. I wouldn't have done it if he didn't tell me to. Well, then you're a real danger to yourself and others. My God, if you're just one sweet nothing whispered in your ear away from going and attacking a police officer, there's something fundamentally wrong with you. I'm always reminded of that line from the movie Men in Black, where Will Smith has just discovered that aliens exist. And not only do aliens exist, they're everywhere they're everywhere he was given you know the night to think about whether or not he wanted to join men in black and he comes back and he's sitting with tommy lee jones on the park bench and he goes i don't get it why don't you just tell people whatever the people are smart people can handle this and and tommy lee jones rightly says no the person is smart people are dumb stupid terrible whatever reactionary whatever people and it's true it doesn't matter. The BLM Antifa riots. I said this at the time. I'll say it again. You want to give me heat over it? Again, knock yourself out. But I, there are certainly some really evil SOBs in those crowds. The people who set the bricks out there. The pe- you, Nobody's just walking around randomly with a bottle of gasoline and an old tube sock stuffed into it. Without something being wrong with them and them having bad purposes and bad thoughts in mind. But... The people who are just picking up rocks and throwing them, they get swept up in it. I don't think a lot of them set out to go, you know what? I want to go and throw rocks. At I want to go set a fire in a church. I want to go throw some rocks at the cops. I want to get into a fist fight. with I don't think they did that. They just got swept up in the moment. There's that famous footage. I loved it at the time. I still love it today of the people who live near the Dupont Circle area of DC and the Martin mutants are marching down the street and him and their this guy's this young guy and their buddies are all in their apartment they're going yeah yeah out their window uh, cheering them on and somebody turns and whips a rock at him and smashes the window right next to the one they're standing in in their apartment like hey what are you doing we're on your side like they don't care They're in a frenzy. They're stupid. It's the same mentality of my sports team just won or lost. I'm going to go and overturn cars and smash Starbucks and stuff like that. Do people set out to do that that day? Some. Some do. Some people are just dumb. Some people are evil. Some people are destructive. But the vast majority of people get swept up in it. Does that absolve the people who get swept up in it? Absolutely not. You still did it. I don't care what your rationale is for punching a cop. You punched a cop. I don't care what your rationale is for throwing a brick at somebody. You throw a brick at somebody. Well, this guy told me to. Okay. It'll be interesting because if you do find, and this is all speculation, like I have no inside information, but if you do find that perhaps undercover government officials, law enforcement or FBI or whatever, were involved in the initial storming of the Capitol and encouraging the storming of the castle. Then you do have to begin to wonder, would this have happened without that? And was there a reason they would have wanted this? All of that, all of those are questions that should be asked, if and that's true. I don't know that it's true, but none of it absolves the people who actually did it. So keep that in mind. Now we go back to the audio. On this weekend's Al Sharpton show... He had Michael Steele. Is there a bigger disappointment as a human being than Michael Steele? What a disgusting man that has has become. Anything for money. Really, honestly. Sell out everything you claim to have believed in. Are you lying now? Are you lying then? Or does it even matter? Do you even remember anymore? Did you ever mean any of it? And Dana Milbank. Dana Milbank is a reporter for the Washington Post. They're on with Sharpton. And you're going to hear Milbank talk about how He doesn't want this January 6th footage out there. He doesn't want us to know. I have only recently, I'd say I'd never heard this before, but I've seen it a lot recently. Journalists against journalism. Journalists actively saying we don't want this information in the public domain. We this information should not be out there. Period. End of story. It doesn't make any damn sense. But here it is. Speaker Kevin McCarthy is under fire for sharing about forty four, thousand hours of surveillance camera footage from January six with Fox News host Tucker Carlson. Other media organizations, including NBC News, have demanded access to the tapes as well. The speaker is more than just a political leader. They also oversee the day-to-day administration of the Capitol, including security. Is there something unprecedented about what McCarthy has done here,
1: Dana? Yeah, I mean, day after day, it seems that he breaks uh, uh, precedent after precedent. This is another one of the promises he made to the holdouts to uh, to give him uh, the speakership. Uh, according to Matt Gaetz himself, this is one of the things that Kevin McCarthy promised to release Uh, all of this footage. Of course, he's not released it. He's released it specifically uh, to Tucker Carlson, who can edit it and doctor it any uh, which way.
0: (laughs) They don't want you to watch it. They don't want you to see it. So much of what the left-wing media is now is not to inform the public. It is to corral them. It is to curb curiosity. It is to make sure that you do not wander off the thought plantation. You don't want to see this footage. Don't watch this footage. It's terrible footage. What? Is, it's going to be awful. Do not. He gave it to Tucker. He can edit it any way he wants. Question what you're about to see. Journalists against journalists. I love it. it. Al Sharpton's reading the statement. Even NBC has demanded access to these 44,000 hours. Really, Tucker's had it for three weeks. Why now? Because he's it's, it's going to re- release a report on it starting today. Why not in the last two years? Why were you content with Jamie Raskin, Adam Schiff, and Liz Cheney showing you a few seconds here, a few seconds there? Why was that good enough for you? Why was that almost too good for you? Because you're not journalists. You have a vested interest in this. You have a team in the game. You have a dog in the hunt. You have a horse in the race. That's why now they weren't done the conspiracy theorists it's funny all you know, the right-winger conspiracy theorists you talk about a conspiracy theory listen to this
1: look i understand why the other media are asking for the same thing the truth is this doesn't belong in the public domain for anybody uh in uh kevin mccarthy's sort of cravenness to uh uh cater to the Matt Gates and a Tucker Carlson's he is risking uh the security of himself and of his colleagues uh and of the capital uh itself so uh you know it's the sort of thing that if this footage is in the hand of any media uh as as happens with any national security information that's in the possession of the media they need to work with the Capitol police and others so they don't compromise uh, the security of the, the Capitol. Uh, and you can be pretty sure that's not what uh, Tucker Carlson's going to be doing with this information.
0: Michael, same question. No, I couldn't agree with Dana more. This is reckless. It is irresponsible, uh, incomprehensible. I love that Michael Steele bit on the end there just to show how disgusting he is and how disgusted I am that I actually once liked this man. But yeah, Dana Milbank, well, this information doesn't belong in the public domain. Oh, it doesn't belong in the public domain. Well, then why are you suing to get it? Why are you demanding its release for yourself? (laughs) Look, if you're going to spin this one way, we want to be able to spin it the other way. Tucker Carlson's a right winger. Well, if you want to spin it the other way, does that mean you're a left winger? No, no, no. We're the truth tellers. But we shouldn't have this information. Well, you got your wish. You don't get this information. It's unprecedented. I could see how you could view a Speaker of the House of Representatives keeping their word as being unprecedented. We did just come off of Nancy Pelosi as Speaker of the House. Paul Ryan before that. Yeah, I'd say that a speaker keeping their word is a little bit unprecedented with those, those uh, examples ahead of it. But have you ever heard a journalist argue that there should be less information in the public domain? We don't need this information. It'll be dangerous. It's terrible. It's awful. Okay. So every leak of classified information during the Trump administration did you ignore any of them? Did you ignore, did you not report on any of them? Even the ones with no documentation where people just claimed stuff. Did the Washington Post, did Dana Milbank, did any of these leftists at NBC News, did they ever go, you know what? This could damage the U.S.'s reputation. No, they didn't. They reported on it quickly and gleefully if it made Trump look bad in any way, shape, or form. One anonymous source, that's all you need. Well, wait a second. Journalistic ethics used to dictate that there had to be two unconnected anonymous sources. That doesn't matter, though. Two, I can't find a second guy. All I know is I've got this person with an ax to grind against Donald Trump, willing to tell me that Donald Trump said he didn't want to go and visit the Graves the beaches of Normandy because they were losers who died. Oh, wait a second. Everybody in a position to know, including people who currently hate the President of the United States, say that did not happen. Doesn't matter. Go with the lie. You ever heard a journalist tell you they don't want more information? (laughs) Imagine an interview. With somebody who's really blowing the whistle, the bombshell, and they, they're they about to really let the juicy stuff fly and say, well, now, wait a second. Think long and hard before you finish this next sentence. Is this really something that should be in the public domain? Is this really information we need? In fact, I know you think we need it, but I I don't think we do. And therefore, I am cutting your microphone because I do not want you to disseminate this information on my airwaves. Think that would ever happen if the recipient of the political pain from that had an R after their name? Absolutely, positively, 100 percent. Hell no is the answer to that question. Yet you just heard it argued there on MSNBC that we need less information, not more. That tells you that the information they want you to have less of damages Democrats. It's going to be interesting to see what comes out of this. I want to talk. I don't know if you watch Saturday Night Live. you probably I'm guessing you didn't watch Saturday Night Live. I did not watch Saturday Night Live. It's I was up late enough to watch Saturday Night Live. I just didn't watch Saturday. I don't it doesn't occur to me to watch Saturday Night Live. I don't find it amusing. I don't have to be laugh, I don't have to laugh at everything that I see on television anymore but, you know, if I'm going to turn into a comedy show, if it's not funny, I'm not going to tune into the comedy show, just like if I turn into a, tune into a drama and it's corny I'm not going to watch it, right, I want I want what I want, I'm not going to go order a steak at a restaurant and then eat tofu be like, oh, this is the same thing, This is good it's good enough, whatever, it sustains life so I don't watch it, but there are people who still watch it. It's one of those things, the ratings are are down if you look at it from its heyday, but that's kind of misleading because its heyday was when there were three networks. So, of course, that's going to be, you know, there's going to be a lot fewer people. There's more to do now. There's streaming service. You don't have to. watch it used to be, here's a plate of gruel. That's what's for dinner. So you can either have gruel or you can be hungry and you eat the gruel. Now, the whole television landscape is a buffet. You don't have to watch any of this crap. So, very little of it gets anywhere near what it used to get. That's why you get idiots like uh, uh, Seth, whatever the hell his name is, uh, Seth Myers over at uh, the, the, the old Letterman show doing Verizon commercials, the late night, doing Verizon commercials. The guy's a big Bernie Bro socialist d bag, and he's doing Verizon commercials. Why? Because why not? pays him it's only a socialist for other people not for himself okay you you go to his doorman at his apartment in new york and you tell him you want to go by seth's place to have a discussion about the uh, the plight of the worker you ain't getting past his doorman even if you got the doorman to call upstairs seth isn't going to go well that sounds like a very important discussion we need to have send him right up not gonna happen they're frauds they're phonies So the idea that, uh, speaking of frauds and phonies, the idea that Saturday Night Live is somehow anti-establishment is a damn joke. Saturday Night Live is the establishment now. They rally around and circle the wagons around Democrats every bit as much as the rest of, well, every other property that NBC, the company, owns. That's who they are. That's what they've become. So when Woody Harrelson hosts Saturday Night Live and goes out and says something that is in opposition to the liberal narrative, it's problematic. Now, what he, now I, I saw some of the stories. I didn't read the stories. I saw some of the headlines. Before I saw what Woody Harrelson actually said, I thought he came out and delivered a monologue making fun of and mocking the failures of the vaccines and saying, you shouldn't have to get it, don't get it, don't get it. it." He didn't do that. It was implied. That's what's amazing about this. If you want to know what people are doing and sit there and say, well, these people have something to hide. You know, they don't have anything to hide. If you listen to what these people do and how they react, there's really no other conclusion except to think these people must have something to hide. Because why the hell else would they freak out the way that they do? this uh, I'll give you the, uh, an example of the response to it before we get to the actual thing. And you can see if the response or the actual thing justifies the Rolling Stone. You get, since we're talking about the anti-establishment, anti-establishment, Saturday Night Live, they're so rebellious. What with the way that they demand absolute conformity. Uh, you're sitting there and you think, Rolling Stone, whether well, you don't get any less establishment than that. Yeah, you kind of do. Headline at uh, Rolling Stone. The, subject, line, or the uh, subject header is, oh, dear. Oh, dear. The headline, Woody Harrelson spreads anti-vax conspiracies during SNL monologue. <laughs> the subheadline host has a strange history of anti-science remarks. During the COVID pandemic. Hmm? Now, the guy is doing a monologue at a comedy show. One might think that the things that are going to come out of his mouth are, I don't know, jokes. I realize Saturday Night Live, it is a sacred cow. It is a way to indoctrinate. It is that simple. That's all they look at it now as this is a way to reach younger people to indoctrinate them says Woody Harrelson has always harbored some well strange views the Oscar nominated actor who first won over audience on Cheers is a 9-11 truther who shared a number of conspiracy theories during the COVID pandemic now it's weird the 9-11 truther I don't know that it's a 9-11 truther I don't really I've never seen that before there's no hyperlink provided to it they just declare it to be. He may well have said something about it, but it's weird how in the ensuing 22 years since 9-11, that hasn't been hung around his neck, right? Isn't it? If you're a 9-11 truther, meaning that you believe that 9-11 was an inside job, that it wasn't Al Qaeda, that it was the U.S. government or that the U.S. government knew about it and allowed it to happen however you prefer your truthism, that's kind of big news. Because you'll be ruined in Hollywood if you say, hey, people should be allowed to choose for themselves whether or not they should get the shot. That'll ruin you. But, hey, the United States government is allowed an attack. Encourage the attack. Let it happen. Maybe even facilitate it. If that is allowed, but you should be the freedom of choice crowd says you have to take the shot, that tells you a lot about these people, doesn't it? Uh, shared a number of conspiracy theories during the COVID pandemic. In April 2020, Harrelson posted a gonzo article trying uh, tying the supposed negative effects of 5G to the spread of COVID, saying he found it, quote, very interesting, end quote. Wow. He's a witch. Burn him. <laughs> In May twenty in a May 2022 interview with Vanity Fair, Harrelson said of mask wearing during the pandemic, quote, as one who believes in germ theory, I find it rather absurd, end quote. Now, as we know, as we discovered last week, which apparently Rolling Stone didn't discover, the only study, actually the only comprehensive peer-reviewed study of any measure, found that mask wearing was a complete and total waste of time. Now, Marlo Stern over at uh, the... Rolling Stone magazine used to be at the Daily Beast is a very unattractive person and as much of his face as you could possibly cover I'm in favor of and that might be why he is in fact in favor of masking as well but to say that it is somehow a conspiracy theory is a little bit bizarre but I would remind you that you're pretty far into an article about something that hasn't even touched on the something yet the opening of this article is about how Woody Harrelson sucks he's crazy don't trust him. He's nuts. He's a monster. And then you get around to Saturday Night Live. And so it, it continues during his rambling Saturday Night Live rambling see his rambling SNL monologue Saturday night. And apparently under the influence, Harrelson continued along these lines. Now, don't you just love it? He's a drunk or a junkie or what? He's high. He's rambling. It's not funny. After a winding story about smoking weed, shouting out his pot shop in West Hollywood, the woods, and claiming his manager, Jeremy, transported weed from the L.A. shop to New York for him, Harrelson went into a spiel about the pandemic. Now, Marlowe is apparently not a very bright person. He doesn't understand how comedy writing or writing in general works. But when you're doing a monologue on a comedy show, you are not under oath you are, in fact, the only oath you have, the only obligation you have, is to be funny for the audience, right? Marlowe doesn't get it. He's, well, apparently he was high because he joked about being high, and said that his manager transported weed, smuggled drugs. He must have because nobody would dare lie during a comedy monologue. See, Marlowe, when you are the joke, you don't get the joke. Just saying. The self-proclaimed anarchist joked about a supposed movie script, a clear metaphor for the pandemic that went, and then he goes into it over and over and over. He then remarked he threw away his, "Oh, now, what I'm not reading you is what I'll play you." It's very short, but the article continues, "Oh, Woody, might be time to switch up the strain. What? what what Good old Marlowe Stern. He's probably what on his sixth, seventh booster by now. Wonder how many days of work he's missed for having COVID after being boosted more times than Billy Barty in a booth at Denny's. Right. Right. Does That joke work. I don't know. Probably not. But I don't care. Now, what did Woody Harrelson say that was so offensive because it wasn't just it wasn't just the. uh, joyless Marlowe Stern over at Rolling Stone. I'm just using Rolling Stone because they're, they're so anti-establishment. They're so, they're so cool. They're so rebellious. It was literally every left-wing outlet you can imagine. So what is it that he said that was so god-awful terrible that means he has to be excommunicated from the left, which is a place where he uh, he lived quite uh, quite well for a very long time? It was this. Remember, he's talking about a movie script that he got, a joke movie script, not that, the real, not that it was a joke. It's a joke about a fake movie script. And start reading. OK, so the movie goes like this. The biggest drug cartels in the world get together and buy up all the media and all the politicians and force all the people in the world to stay locked in their homes and people can only come out If they take the cartel's drugs and keep taking them over and over, I threw the script away. I mean, who is going to believe that crazy idea being forced to do drugs? I do that voluntarily all day long. Anyway, there you go. That's what caused that Rolling Stone article, the headline again of the Rolling Stone. Woody Harrelson spreads anti-vax conspiracies during SNL. Oh, my God. But it wasn't just Rolling Stone, the Daily Beast. Woody Harrelson spews anti-vax conspiracies in rambling SNL monologue. Now, wait, if that sounds a lot like the Rolling Stone article, it's because these people are of a hive mind. There is no originality. It went out. The order went out. The thought occurred to one in the hive and the rest all said, obey, obey, obey. The Huffington Post Woody Harrelson rambles about weed, anti-vax conspiracy, and SNL monologue. Huh, that's weird. It's exactly the same thing as everybody else said. Well, surely, variety, the Bible of the entertainment industry. No, Woody Harrelson's Saturday Night Live monologue makes COVID conspiracy jokes. <laughs> At least they acknowledge that it's a joke. The other people, no, it's a rambling monologue. No different than Hitler at Nuremberg in 33, just flailing around. Telling, now, did you really hear a lot of harping on it? Because when I first read these headlines, that was all I saw. I didn't watch the clip yet. And I thought, my God, he really went off about how this whole thing is a joke. And we're up to you know, 18 different shots you're supposed to get. And you got to get another job, jab and jab and jab and jab. And, oh, the new jab is going to be more effective against the variant that's really already kind of sort of gone away already. But don't worry, if you happen to fall into a time portal, a wormhole opens up and transports you to 16 months ago, this latest booster will give you at least 20% protection against whatever strain of COVID you might encounter back then. That kind of thing. Nope. Fairly innocuous. Fairly innocuous. And all hell is breaking loose. The left is going absolutely crazy over this. They want Woody Harrelson canceled. Woody Harrelson's too good at his job to be canceled. He's also is known as a big stoner. They can't nobody. Look, if you're seeking medical advice from Woody Harrelson on anything, not to take a, a make a value judgment on what Woody Harrelson's thoughts are on vaccines on this particular vaccine. Uh, I don't know what it is for rest of vaccines, but on this one, I think he's onto something. But if you are seeking medical advice for any ailment, if you go, hey, uh, Woody, it hurts when I do this. Can you come? You're an idiot. Don't take medical advice from Woody Harrelson. Hey, Woody, I'm coughing up blood. Should I? No, you don't think so? What do you think? You think just smoke weed and forget about it? Okay, that's it. You are going to die and I will have no sympathy for you if you are seeking your medical advice from Woody Harrelson. But then again, if you're seeking advice on anything or getting your news from places like Rolling Stone, you're a bigger idiot. Just saying. Shifting it up a little bit, I, I like Senator Tim Scott. I like him as a senator. I'm not, I'd vote for him if I lived in South Carolina. I'd, I wish he were my senator. We got two boneheads here from Maryland. So, you know, there's not a lot of winners in the group. But when you think of Senator Tim Scott, this is again, God, I'm going to catch hell for this. This is the Fox News'ization, if you will, of the Republican Party. I could cite some other channels, but no other channel matters. Let's be honest. The other, like you got number one Fox News, 3 million viewers, and then the second conservative one gets to 100,000 viewers. Like, okay, sorry. That's not relevant. They can't make kings. Fox does. Tim Scott is one of them. There are 100 senators, 49 of whom are Republicans, right? What do you know, five of them? Maybe, because they're all over TV. If they're not on TV, you don't recognize them. And it's not your fault. Why the hell would you know senators who aren't your senator? But to sit there and watch this, that guys, you go. Well, Lindsey Graham is the smartest, most uh, brilliant. He's on. Air. He agrees with me most of the time. He's all over television. He must be the most popular senator out there. If there were, if Lindsey Graham were to throw his hat in the ring for leadership, Lindsey Graham would get Lindsey Graham's vote. That's probably it. <laughs> the amount of legislation that Lindsey Graham has successfully seen through from the conception to completion stage is about. I don't know, one, two, if that. Being on television does not make you popular, does not make you effective at your job, does not make you anything except somebody who really wants to be on television. And when they say, hey, normal dinner hour, would you like to forego dinner with family or friends to go do a five minute hit on television that will eat up about an hour and a half, two hours of your day? And you go, yes, absolutely. My God. That tells me more about the fact that nobody wants to have dinner with you than anything else you got nothing better to do. But Tim Scott, like I say, I like him, but on the legislative accomplishment side, not so great. He tried to do uh, the uh, police reform, not really a federal issue. Criminal justice reform, which uh, with, with President Trump, I thought was a big mistake. So I'm not really looking at Tim Scott. He's a reliable vote for the things I care about, but he's not a reliable leader for the things I care about. He sent out a fundraising email. I don't know how I got on his list. They sell lists, they buy lists, they trade lists. It's, it's like a, a hustler magazine in prison, man. It's just traded around, swapped around. And the further away from you get from the original sign up, The more the thing is kind of worthless and it's uh, falling apart and sticking together or whatever. But he he sends his email eleven eight eleven a.m. on Sunday. It's from Tim Scott to Derek Hunter. I'll be on Fox News Sunday momentarily. Oh, dude, you're you're emailing me right from the green room. What are you doing? I I don't have much time, friend. So I'll get straight to the point. I'll be on Fox News Sunday momentarily. And I want to know what issues you think I should talk about. Tell me now so I can review your responses before I go on the air. And there's a link there respond now. And you just sit there and you go, first of all, I mean, come on, how dumb do you have to be to sit there and think, hey, Tim Scott took the time to email me from the green room. He's really desperate and he wants to know what he should talk about. But deeper than that, deeper than that. A true leader does not look at the troops and say, where should we go? A true visionary, somebody who's considering running for president, does not need people to tell him, where. what should I think? What is important to you? What is What should I pretend to care about the loudest? It's not very effective. It's quite feckless. And then he goes on, and I'm not going to bother playing any clips from it. There's one clip that I heard this morning and I'm like, uh, where Tim Scott's saying, it's contemplating running for president he's wondering is there a lane for a child from a single mother home is there a lane from somebody who grew up poor to become the nominee i don't care where you've been i don't want your biography i don't give a damn about your biography unless it tells me how you formulated your opinions about where you want the country to go next it's not about where you've been it's about where you want to take us and if no offense If you're sending out emails to random D-bags like me who happen to sign up God knows how long ago for something somewhere along the lines of get political fundraising emails and you think, you need my advice. Oh, I'm going on television, but I'm not really sure what I'm going to say. I'm not really sure what I believe. Will you please tell me what I should believe? You're not the guy to lead. You're just not. So, by the way, if you click on the in the email from Tim Scott, hey, uh, about to go on, about to go on Fox News, man. Will you you help me out so I know what to talk about? You're like, what the hell? So you click on it and here's the very important survey that they're asking. Got to give him information. He might not know what to talk to Shannon Bream about. If you don't answer this, this one question survey, one question survey. This is why I hate all politicians and all these fundraising emails are such a joke. And every day or every Monday, my uh, almost every Monday, my VIP column at townhall.com is about the ridiculousness of the Democrat fundraising emails because they're just so stupid. But Tim Scott would qualify. So you click on it and it goes to a website and there's a picture of Tim Scott. It says live survey. Now, it's a little late. Why is this survey still live? Tim Scott was on Fox News Sunday yesterday. You think like right now like the survey we closed. We don't. Uh, we can't use your information now because Tim Scott does not have a time machine to be able to travel back to yesterday morning to answer questions from Shannon Bream and bring up the issues that care you care about. But that neither here nor there because this is just a scam to get your contact information. There's ways to buy con. There's ways to buy email lists without buying the actual email list. You rent them. You don't actually get the accounts. They send it out on your behalf, so this was a fishing expedition, please sign up. If you click on this link and then you answer this quote-unquote survey, you will then give them your information that they can then email you forever and ever and ever and ever and sell to other people. So it says live survey. I'll be on Fox News today, yesterday. What issues do you think I should talk about? Which is weird. They pluralize what issues do you think I should talk about, and then you can only choose one option. I'm just just as a stickler, somebody who makes their, word, their living in words, that kind of stuck in my craw. But here are the choices. Religious liberties, school choice, border security, East Palestine. Like, wait, okay, broad, general, religious liberty is important. School choice is important. Not to say that East Palestine isn't, but they're like national issues, everybody issues, or East Palestine, a very geographic-centered area and then there's other. You can write in whatever you want. So I answered it. Now you have to enter in order to respond now. In order, because Tim Scott, remember, he's sitting in the green room at Fox with his phone going, please, somebody answer this survey. I need to know, or else I might go out there and talk about the wrong thing. So you have to enter your name. and you just have, So I, I just did it. <clears throat> I'm not going to give him my contact information because I don't like getting emails. So I'm Tony Poop. That was the name I put in Tony. Last name Poop zip code i just hit five numbers the cell phone number i made it up and the email was tonypoop gmail.com now if tony poop exists out there and you got a gmail account sorry about that bro but i just did it you're gonna get inundated with you can hit unsubscribe dude you got bigger problems than tim scott emailing you if your name's tony poop just say it but especially if you put that in your gmail just saying I'm apologizing anyway. So then you click respond now and boom, wouldn't you know it, it goes right to thank you for your response. I'll be live on Fox News this morning. Hey, no no S Sherlock. And then it says uh, hey, how about money? Can you chip in 5, 10, 15 dollars before I'm on the air? And you look at that and you go, wait a sec. Cuz then it's it's worse than that says it literally says I'm going to read it again can you chip in 5 10 or even $15 before I'm on air and then it gives you the options to do it cuz you're sitting there going yeah totally I absolutely will and the options are 25 50 100 250 500 1000 3300 or other so he say, can you give me 5 10 or $15 those are not options maybe I could I wouldn't but maybe I could But you're not giving me the option. Instead, i got to go through the rigmarole of other and then type it in there. Why wouldn't you just yeah, I'll give you five bucks and then there's a five buck button. Instead, Tony Poop is getting hit up for 25 or 50 bucks. Tony Poop ain't, ain't falling for that poop. All right? I'll just tell you right now. Tony Poop does not play that game. But I just, this is the f- way that fundraising works. And this is why I could never really bring myself to give money to a politician. Aside from the fact that, you know, you're going on television, this live survey, what are you going to call all the data for people who say other because you gave four choices, three of which are semi-national, one's extremely local, and they're going to call that data and say, nope, they really think you should be talking about X, Y, or Z. And you're going to go out there and answer questions that aren't asked you because you want to bring it on home to whatever Tony Poop says you need to be talking about? If you want to be a leader, lead. It's not to say you tell people and ignore the will of the people, but my God, if you don't have a vision to go forward, to make a case for you without finding out what it is people should be, what people care about, you're not important. You're not special. Nobody is special. All right? You're in politics, too. I could see maybe somebody who's new to politics going, I don't really know. What do you guys care about? But you're a several-time elected senator, United States senator. If you don't have a vision for what you think this country could and should be, then maybe you shouldn't be a United States senator. I mean, let's just be honest. That might be rude, but like I say, I like the guy. But it's not really... (laughs) Not really impressed. Lastly, really quickly, I just want to read you a headline from BuzzFeed because Western civilization is going to hell. BuzzFeed headline. These AI, artificial intelligence artists, are creating the fat black characters so sorely lacking in mainstream sci-fi and fantasy. That's an actual headline. Why is there so much diabetes in this country? I just can't imagine. We're even making fake fat people. The last thing we need. We, if there's one thing we're we've got an overabundance of in this country. Anyway, that is it for today. I appreciate you listening. Have yourself a wonderful day. We'll be back to wrap up more crazy tomorrow. Thank you.